That's in the Bible. Episode 16 was Jesus, a social drinker. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric and joining me tonight are Steve and Matt. And how are you guys tonight? Doing real good. Doing just fine, thanks. Boy, we, you know, we should really record the uh, the work up to the show because that's, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. We do the same too. thing every time? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I mean record the, uh, the banter before the show starts. <laughs> yeah. I should I should just surreptitiously turn the recorder on and put some of uh, that on there too. Yeah, right. Like they're <laughs> going to want to hear all that stuff. Uh, I think they would actually. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So, what have you guys been up to? Oh, a lot of stuff. Uh, Steve's had, been working uh, like a madman. Yeah, doing doing a lot of things. Uh, you know, taught on Wednesday night and then. Uh, uh, pastor asked me to preach on Sunday night uh, for the church and did a, a service uh, for the servicemen out in uh, East Aurora for a special thing where they had the, uh, the uh, I don't know what they call it, but the miniature Vietnam veteran uh, memorial, uh, the wall that was out there and, and a lot of other <clears throat> displays for servicemen and, and they had a church service there, and our church choir, along with some other people from other churches, came, and uh, we sang some stuff there. And, and uh, pastor from a local church gave uh, here in the area gave a real good sermon. And uh, so it's just been real busy, doing a lot of work on the church, and and uh, trying to stay out of trouble. Sounds good. Sounds does sound busy. You don't have your fan on, do you? I think I do. Yeah. I'll turn it off. There we go. We're getting some background rumble there. All right, man. How about you? Doing, uh, doing real good. We actually uh, this this past weekend here went on Saturday to a uh, one of the teens from church here uh, had his graduation party, and it was great. I mean, just it's pretty much everybody from church, but a lot of his family members were there, and and to tell you the truth, a lot of his family family members were not saved. He probably had maybe 30 or 40 uh, unsaved family members there. And and uh, he's been called to preach, and he's going to Bible college. Uh, and uh, just a great, great brother. I like him a lot. And uh, mm. just just the past couple of years that I've been there, you know, I've been able to see the growth from, you know, just being just seeing him um, up in the front row there and being in the teens, uh, youth, and all that kind of stuff. But, but then coming up and saying that he's been called to preach and, and just seeing him, like, get more on fire and more on fire every every month that i see him and and just being able to talk to him and, and it's just been a blessing and then he actually got up in front of all his uh <clears throat> all his all of his family members and preached and i mean he did not hold back it was good it was good. uh you know fire hmm. brimstone you know we all deserve hell and and uh i mean just kept on going and going and it was real good <laughs> and uh and yeah i mean actually uh you know they they uh you know, ask anybody if they want to accept the Lord, and, and seven people raised their hand. And uh, oh, wow. so, I mean, what a blessing! I, I kind of wish I was saved, you know, back back in graduation times and, and stuff like that, just so I could be able to have that opportunity to be able to witness, you know. But 
but just what a blessing it is, you know, just uh, especially not only that, but also being the um, just vicinity of, of other, you know, uh, Bible-believing Christians, you know, other saved people. And, and you know, you, you see that all throughout the Bible, you know, that, that especially Jesus Christ, you know, gathered around his disciples and, and uh, just kind of got away sometimes. And it's just nice to do that, just to be able to get away with uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ and just be able to just kind of have a refreshing time. Amen. Amen. And we, I think it was since the last time we recorded, Matt and I went to a uh, retreat, a yeah. men's a men's retreat, which somebody else mentioned it too. It doesn't, I don't really like the sound of that retreat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We, we're not retreating, but it was fun, wasn't it? We got to play some can jam and, uh, and you didn't shoot anything, did you, Matt? You didn't go shoot skeet. I didn't. And I haven't shot a gun yet. Now I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, <laughs> but, uh, Maybe eventually I'll be able to. And what else did they have? They had horseshoes. They had, uh, I don't know. Preaching. Preaching. Yeah, Let's not forget that. <laughs> preaching was good. Good food, too, actually. They had a lot of food, and it was good. Yeah. Some can jam, if anybody knows what can jam is. I think I think it, it's somebody told me it came from Buffalo, so Which, people out Steve's area should know. Yeah, Steve. Steve's afraid to play it though, so we were gonna play against Steve, but he's a little bit afraid, I think, right, you, Steve? Uh, bring it on, buddy. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll see you this weekend, Steve. And we'll have a, we'll Good. have a, we'll have a tournament. We'll have to announce the results of the Can Jam tournament here. Yeah. Well, go ahead and weep now because you guys are gonna lose. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, we have that recorded, so we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you say we go ahead and get into the some of the other aspects of the show, and um, let's go ahead and do our quote of the day. Now, the quote of the day isn't actually a quote. It's a uh, it's a news article, and it uh, took place in San Diego, California. And um, actually, the headline says for this one: "San Diego withdraws Bible study warning." Uh, Pastor David Jones and his wife Mary were confronted by a San Diego County official grilled over what is said at the couple's Tuesday night Bible studies and then later issued a citation barring the couple from hosting further studies until they obtain a major use permit, the costs of which can escalate into the thousands. Mrs. Jones further reported the county official warned her that hosting the study deemed a religious assembly Subject to county codes, without the permit, could result in fines escalating from $100 to $1,000. However, under a deluge of public response and a demand letter from the Western Center for Law and Policy, the county backed off its demand and told the couple that they may resume their studies. The written notification of the county's action was received at the law firm's office earlier this afternoon. And then let's see down below, it, it talks a little bit about exactly what happened. On April 10th, 2009, a female county employee came to the Joneses' residence, and the county employee appeared in the front yard and proceeded to take pictures of our client's home. Uh, this is all from a letter that was sent to the uh, law firm. The letter said she noticed the Joneses' daughters in the front yard and asked to speak with their mother. Although she did not provide any paperwork or identification, they were able to determine who the um, officer was. Uh, she says she was then told, however, that she must stop. Oh, she asked, do you have a weekly, weekly, regular weekly meeting in your home? 
do you sing? Do you say amen? The official reportedly asked, do you say praise the Lord? And the pastor's wife answered yes. She says she was then told that she must stop holding religious assemblies until she and her husband obtain a major use permit from the county, a permit that often involves traffic and and environmental studies, compliance with parking and sidewalk regulations, and costs that top tens of thousands of dollars. And if they fail to pay the MUP, the county official repeatedly warned, the couple would be charged escalating fines beginning at 100, then 200, 500, 1,000, and then it will get ugly. But the um, the bottom line was, let's see, they repealed that. Um, they, they were told that they could resume. So anyway, when I when I read that, I thought, wow, that's it's almost like they're. First of all, it's hard to believe that that's happening in America. You know, mm-hmm. you could see that maybe in China or somewhere else now, and possibly Russia, the old, um, you know, republic, but. To think that that's happening in America, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, just, you know, th- you think, I- I've heard of this kind of thing happening before, and fortunately for these people, they were able to uh, uh, get a hold of, of someone in, a, uh, in the law, uh, connected with the law, uh, especially, you know, um, protecting Christians and so forth, and we're able to, to, to get this thing reversed. But uh, if someone is intimidated by those that uh, government officials of some sort, they, they might go ahead and, and just cancel and stop the Bible study at their behest. But you know, it, it's, just, uh, it's just another attempt by godless people wanting to put a stop to to people expressing themselves you know in a country where it's supposed to be free and to worship the lord in the way that they feel that they they can worship i mean either the either the county is looking for free money <laughs> by issuing these fines which is not unheard of or they're just godless and they want people to stop worshiping god and uh, you know, I don't. I don't know what they're afraid of. I mean, you know, here the people aren't bothering anybody. They're not doing anything, other than just meeting in their own home. Probably didn't have a whole lot of people. Yeah, how many people could be meeting in a home? Hundreds, yeah. thousands? Yeah, no, yeah, I don't yeah, think so. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, maybe I. Don't, who knows? It could have been a, a neighbor that was complaining about people parking in front of their lawn or on their lawn, or you know, who knows what the what the impetus of this thing was, but. You know, people are just, they just use any excuse to try to get away from uh, from God and, and any reminder of God. And, and so, you know, it, it just irks me that, that, that people have to go to this extent to try to, try to uh, stop people from worshiping God. And you, you know what I think is pretty amazing, too, is you look at the other side of it. I mean, to think about, especially when just a group of guys get together or just a group of people get together uh, at a house nowadays, you know, it's a bunch of alcohol is involved, a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of other things going on. You know, I mean, I remember the first time after I got saved, I went over for the first time over to um, somebody's house for a, I think it was like a Christmas party or something. And uh, just a great friend. He was going to Bible school. 
and uh, went over to his uh, to his friend's house actually, and they had there was probably about thirty to forty of us all together in a circle singing hymns and just praising the Lord, you know, and and uh, and actually some preaching and some popcorn preaching, and it was just great, you know, and and to think that you know that the that the state or the law whoever would come in and and you know feel threatened by that, it's just amazing to me when you look at the other way around when other people that don't have God or aren't living for God and they get alcohol involved and, you know, you look at the other consequences involved, it seems like they should be going attacking these people that are drinking in their houses, then going out and driving out in the streets, you know, and killing people and, and uh, things like that. I think it's just amazing how they feel more threatened by Bible-believing Christians, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, getting, getting together like that rather than people that are drinking or doing drugs in their own house. You know, there was one other thought when you were mentioning that, Matt. You know, how many times in those drunken parties is the name of God or the name of Jesus Christ or even the sarcastic amen or hallelujah said, and yet they would never go over there to to stop them because they said hallelujah or amen or or said something in the name of the Lord. That's right. You know, Mm -hmm. what what hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's, uh, I think they're just, you know, eventually they're going to try and make it stick one day for all of us. And, uh, you know, it's it's a sad commentary. On, and, you know, the other quotes of the day when we look at the uh, founding of the country and the founding fathers, you know, so to speak, where, the, where they're coming from and the things they said about, you know, the God and the Bible. And, and here we've got officials, supposedly, coming around and, no, you can't do that. We know you're going to charge you all this money because you're holding a Bible study. You have to stop. <laughs> You know, I've been breaking the law for all of these years, for almost 30 years now, (laughs) and I didn't even know it, you know. (laughs) Well, now they know. uh, Yeah, now they know. (laughs) (laughs) They're looking for you now. (laughs) And I mean, you look at, you know, Hebrews 10.25, how many times we tell this to people, and we have to tell ourselves too sometimes, you know, you need to go to church, you know, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. And, And it's like one of those things where you take it for granted until it's actually taken away. And, you know, I just, I think all the time, and I remember the first pastor, my pastor in the Bronx, uh, he would always say, he's like, I'm memorizing as much of this book as I can, as much of the Word of God as I can, because who knows how much longer we'll have it. And he's like, I want to have as much as I can in my heart so I can keep, uh, you know, I can keep uh, going over it, even if that book's not with me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think of that, and I think about, you know, eventually, you know, some people might be listening right now and saying, yeah, right, you know, we're not going to get taken away the, the ability to be able to uh, come together and worship. Well, we just saw some of that right now, you know, yeah. in, in this story, and also uh, in other cases that we have heard of people, you know, even pastors being arrested for preaching against certain things that are in the Bible. And, uh, you know, we just see that coming more and more now, and, and it, you know, the thing is, is that you know, people, especially now that aren't going to church, you know, and say, well, you know, I don't really need to go to church. When that's that, when that is taken away, boy, I think they're going to really regret that they didn't go. Well, I've had, I've had, uh, over the years and I've got it somewhere in my file system and don't ask me to find it right now, but, uh, I have read, uh, in articles and, and different publications where they've, they've actually gone in, take the pastor out of the, out of the pulpit while he was preaching on Sunday morning padlocked the church after they let everybody out and they didn't reopen it and that wow. was in iowa the the specific one i'm thinking of was iowa iowa and nebraska one of the two mm. and it might have been had some connection with the christian school but uh still on a sunday morning they went in and they took the pastor out and they they kicked the people out and they padlocked the doors uh that stuff goes on even in america you, you know you think that's just in 
in uh, communist or Muslim Muslim lands. That that happened right here in the United States, and that was that was back in the eighties. Uh, so, uh, and I'm sure that there are more uh, things like that that have happened here that just haven't gotten a hold of the right publications to be notified of it. Right. And then, then they went after Lester Roloff too. Oh, they went. Out, they were after him for for years and years and years. In fact, I I had just gotten saved uh, toward I'd say towards the end. <clears throat> he wasn't. Um, uh, I think he might have lived a few years after I had trusted Christ as my Savior. But I remember seeing him just after I had, I had trusted the Lord down in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, they had been after him for years. You know, just trivial things, trying to shut down the homes. You know, the, back then it was called the HEW, Health Education and Welfare, and they were, uh, you know, citing him for, you know, not enough stalls in the bathroom or, you know, just just all kinds of, of you know, fire codes and, and all these things that were, they were just you know, ridiculous charges trying to get him to shut his operations down. And if they, he had several homes, uh, some of them in a couple of different states, but Texas was the one that was really, really giving him fits. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is actually the, um, the uh, episode for uh, answering the question, was Jesus a social drinker? Now, this one actually was recorded um, a few nights ago, and it was recorded by myself and Pastor Matt Smith from Tri-City Baptist Church here in Vestal, New York. So let's go ahead and take a listen to that, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, wrap it up and talk a little bit about that. Okay, here it is. You know, Pastor Matt, I, I don't know if about you, but I'm, I'm sure probably the same for you, but I always hear from particularly lost people, lost sinners, uh, maybe as an attempt to justify drinking alcohol, they always re- they always refer to the verse uh, the verses in the Bible where it talks about you know hey what about Jesus he turned the water into wine so it must be okay to drink right you know do you ever hear that oh yeah that's 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 a common common verse that people use all the time so but we will take a look at that passage and uh, that reference to Jesus where he turned the water into wine and we'll we'll find out what that means is does that mean that it's okay for not only Christians but also everyone to drink alcohol so we'll take a look and we'll see if Jesus in fact was a social drinker but before we do that let's just take a look in general at uh, alcohol and I you have some stats on alcohol over there yeah I, I preached a sermon here not about, about a year or so ago and I ran across some stats and and I was amazed by some of them, but I think if we kind of personalize them, you know, it, it really makes it it makes it more real uh, to us. But here, here's just a couple. I don't want to take too much time on that uh, because we have a lot of stuff we want to get through. Uh, but uh, alcohol it, it causes suffering. Oh, it does. And and uh, and we find here uh, that every drink, every drink that someone takes of alcohol, uh, shortens their life by 20 minutes. This is according to U.S. Congress on. Alcohol and health. I mean, 20 minutes of your life, every drink that you take. Hey, there's some people that are out in colleges, binge drinking and all that. Uh, that's a lot of time of their life, you there's, know. There's some people that are not living long then because yeah. there's, there's a lot of folks that uh, I've run into that uh, drink a lot. Yeah, and, and as a Christian, of course, we want to be able to live as long as we can to serve and, and uh, give God our, our best all of our life. Uh, but it says there's 11, 11 to 17 million alcoholics in America. So obviously that's a... A great problem 
uh, in America, you know, probably even more so in other places in the world. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think don't. I'm just thinking Germany. They got to be drinking a lot. Yeah. I thought they have that uh, Oktoberfest or whatever that is over there. They make a big, like a holiday about that. Thing. Yeah, it's all centered around alcohol. I, I talked to a missionary. Said they they serve alcohol up in, in up in McDonald's there. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I hear. Huh. Um, uh, some people say, well, you know. Uh, the money that's made, the, you know, with the taxes and all that alcohol, you know, it really helps out and, and helps the, the uh, deficit that we're in. What about that? Helping the economy with selling alcohol? Uh, well, the thing is, is uh, is report of Congress says the alcohol problems cost $68.6 billion a year. Uh, these problems are physical jobs and, you know, loss, you know, mm-hmm. people uh, being injured and losing their job from alcohol, uh, man hours. Uh, that are lost, accidents on highway. Uh, it's a leading cause of mental retardation among children uh, is alcohol consum- consumption during pregnancy. You know, this is a very careless act of, of people drinking while mm-hmm. they're pregnant and, and then all the money that, that a government has to pay mm-hmm. uh, into that and our taxes to be, able to, to be able to help these people out that are suffering. Uh, more than 25,000 people are killed on highways. Uh, 25,000 people a year are killed on highways. Uh, one dies every 21 minutes in a car accident. You know, I, I thought about that, and I mean, if you kind of personalize that, you can think of of one of your children. You know, I got I got two children. I have a daughter uh, and a son. I couldn't imagine them being killed in a car accident. Think that this is because someone uh, had alcohol. And and I was mm-hmm. talking to I was talking to Eric just just a minute ago. And we were talking about the commercials that are on TV now. You know, I, a lot of the the commercials lately, a lot of commercials on dwi and you know don't drink you know give someone your keys and have someone drive you home uh but really the one of the latest commercials that i've seen is uh, a buzz driving they say buzz driving is is drunk driving uh, i'm sure you've seen the commercial if you haven't uh then you probably will uh but it shows like a teenager he said oh, well i only had one or two beers you know i just had a buzz you know and then they showed you know a family as they're crying and the loss of a loved one you know just because they were they were social drinking they just took a beer or, or two beers you know and uh, and yet it, it killed someone. I, yeah. I mean, I mean every. That's uh, just that's tragic, you know. And I was I was driving. Actually, I took a picture of this, and I'll I'll have it up on the show notes on the web. But I took a picture because I, I I just thought it was so crazy that I was behind a truck. Actually, it was a beer truck. Um, I don't remember. I think well, we'll see it on the picture. Um, but I was behind a beer truck, and 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 the slogan on the back of it was. Drink responsibly. To me, that's that's yeah. like an oxymoron. That's like saying, drink strychnine responsibly, drink you know, yeah. drink poison responsibly. How, oh yeah. How, how do you you can't drink it responsibly? No, it's 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 deceiving, and it's uh you know some people say, well, what's the difference between drinking you know just a a glass of beer uh, you know compared to a, a glass of uh, a glass glass of Coca Cola you know with your meal, and you say, well. You know, Coca-Cola, it doesn't cause these problems in which we read. You know, no one drank too many Coca-Colas and, and got them and killed someone in a car accident, right. you know. No one drank too many Coca-Colas and, and uh, destroyed a family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, killed yeah. their family, I mean, isn't and, and Not destroyed. even killed, you know, but, he, yeah. but even the, the hardship and the, uh, the family life that is affected by alcoholism, yeah. you know, from one of the parents. Well, well yeah, that, that actually what I was referring to actually killing is I was talking about uh, it really just destroying and pulling it apart. I mean, 65% of child abuse is related to alcohol. 
You know, I mean, I mean, a lot of people are, uh, you know, I knew people in, and when I was growing up in school and people that were in my school that their, uh, their parents would, would beat their, beat their mom or, you know, or, or the, the father would beat their mom or, or they'd beat the child, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because of alcohol, you know, that it controlled them. Uh, 60% of murders is alcohol related and 80% of suicides alcohol related. Uh, 68% of drownings, you know, someone gets drunk, go out in the lake and they think they're funny or something, they fall and they go underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 30, 83% of fires, uh, you know, the f- fatality of fires, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is alcohol. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't really know how that would happen, but I, I, I imagine someone uh, going out, you know, partying and drinking mm-hmm. and, you know, lighting something on fire or, or, or you know, just, or- yeah, passing out with a mm-hmm. cigarette and dropping it on the ground or, uh, you know, uh, we were talking, I know I'm kind of going backwards, we were talking about uh, how, how just, you know, buzz driving i talked about how buzz driving just taking one beer or mm-hmm. something and and uh studies show that every person you know it could be more you know they can consume more alcohol and they can go you know uh one person can maybe drink one one you know bottle of beer another person mm-hmm. can probably drink a whole case or whatever you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Uh, so what is that limit you know where is it just uh drinking you know just just drinking a little bit you know that little bit of drinking can uh can seriously cause damage you know, and there's there's Bible references that that really kind of go along with the, some of those stats and some of the things that you just talked about. Um, for example, wine is said to be a poison and a venom. In uh, Deuteronomy thirty two thirty one through thirty three, it says, "For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom, and of the fields of Gomorrah." Their grapes are grapes of gall, their clusters are bitter, their wine is the poison of dragons, and the cruel venom of asps. So, it, you know, it, it, it relates uh, wine here, a uh, strong drink, as, as to poison. Yeah, and just is it being related with, with Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, we know, uh, just when you think of Sodom and Gomorrah, at least when Lot, when he pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah, he's seen prosperity and he's seen you know gold and riches and all this you know where he could be a success uh but but god's seen a family being destroyed uh see the horrible horrible acts being taken place of of homosexuality and and sodomy and uh you know it was uh you know and the same thing with the beer commercials today you know you see you know see it makes it look like oh this is the good life the high life you know you drink this and you drink that uh but we were just talking earlier about uh about you don't see uh you know these beer commercials kind of, you know, uh, pointing, trying to reach the Christians, you know, you see them gather together, you know, around and, and pray before their keg party or something like that, or before there's their social drinking. But, uh, they're obviously trying to appeal to the, to the flesh and appeal to the world because, uh, them, you know, the world themselves doesn't look at, at Christians being drink drinkers. But some Christians look at Christians as being drinkers. (laughs) I had a conversation with uh, a fellow just, uh, a week ago and he is a christian i mean a born-again christian but he was unclear about and confused about whether or not it was okay to drink alcohol in moderation you know the social drinking thing again it seems to be i don't know it seems to be more prevalent than i ever remember it yeah i i think basically comes down to someone not really taking the word of god and studying it whether they don't. They don't want to know what the Bible says. You know, they want to justify their sin. 
Like, oh. what, what would you do with Proverbs 20, verse 1, where it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise? Yeah, well, I, I see that. And I, I believe if you're, if you're a Christian and you could read that verse, that would be the only verse that you would really need to to abstain from from alcohol. I mean, think about that. The Bible is saying that the person that it's it's a it's a deceiver, it's a mocker, and it said that person that that does that, that thinks they can get away with it, thinks that it won't harm them, said that person isn't wise. So, who's the person that thinks they can get away with drinking drinking alcohol? Mm-hmm. They're not wise, and what are they? You know, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a fool. fool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a foolish Christian. So, yeah. so if nothing else, you know, you're you're a fool. You know, it's what the Bible says. Someone that thinks they can get away with alcohol. He said they're they're not wise because that the alcohol can overcome them. Uh, I I was just thinking about that that verse over in Romans. Uh, maybe you can help me out with it. I, mm-hmm. I should have looked at uh, about uh, how how it can cause people to stumble. You know how it can be a, a stumbling. But Romans fourteen twenty one, it says it is good neither to eat uh, eat uh, flesh nor drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. I mean, if nothing else, you know, you're a fool, you know, and the Bible says that you shouldn't do it because it can cause someone else to stumble. So if it doesn't cause you to stumble, it may cause your brother to stumble. Mm-hmm. In Romans fourteen thirteen, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Yeah. You know, similar to what you just uh, talked about there. Yeah, it can it can cause people. I know I know Christians that have have they they were into alcohol and the party scene and they got saved and uh, they won't go they won't go into like an Applebee's or a restaurant like that because they'll see that they'll see that alcohol and it will cause them to stumble it will cause them to you know just the smell of it or it'll make them sick you know thinking of their their past that uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wave that in front of someone else's face and thinking that I can get away with it but they can't uh, the Bible says it it will deceive you. Mm-hmm. Proverbs uh, 4, verse 17, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. And, you know, that's something I have always associated with people that drink is that usually invariably it, it breaks out into some sort of violent brawl or fight yeah. or there's hurt feelings. And, you know, it's just I've even before I was saved, I, I never was excited to be around people that were drinking. Yeah, we, we've done we've done some street preaching. I don't know when I was in Oklahoma City. And uh, we'd we'd go out there and we'd uh, we'd preach there on the street and and we were over near the near the bars kind of and people would walk by and and you know every once in a while you get someone that's all they're all drunk you know and they'd say they go by and they said amen amen you know like they're like they're behind you like yeah. they're yeah. you know like they're, they're supporting you you know I hope they weren't a Christian but maybe they were mm-hmm. uh, now that we do this study we see so many people are, are confused on this uh, but then also you get some people that get angry I mean they get mad they want it they get in your face and they want to mm-hmm. fight you and. And uh, you say, well, that's, you know, if that's what alcohol, you know, and like we said, it could be one drink for someone or it could be, you know, 20 drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't know where that's going to be because it's, it's deceiving and it, it will cause violence. Right. And where is the where is the line where someone becomes drunk? Yeah. You know, with with uh, strong drink or wine. Ephesians 5.18 says, and be not drunk with the wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. You know, uh, even if you wanted to say, okay, I, I'm not really sure. I don't know if I completely believe. I know a lot of these verses talk, you know, bad about wine and, and being, you know, having, you know, too much wine. Or, But wouldn't you just want to err on the side of caution and yeah. say, you know what, <laughs> why, why why play with it? Well, yeah, well, you, you think what is the, what will benefit you 
out of out of drinking you know it well first of all it's, it's an appearance of evil i mean mm-hmm. i think just by the the picture that that we have up on uh, on the website you know that mm-hmm. that shows you know people drinking i mean I'll, I'll see that and all of a sudden i'll associate you know all that with the bar scene i'll associate it with you know kids at college you know with the with a beer funnel or something like that you know uh just just kind of living it up the high life you know they would mm-hmm. say yeah it's uh there's so many verses in the bible that 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 uh you know speak to some of those stats that you talked about and some of the problems that are associated with uh with wine and i, I if you look at proverbs chapter 23 verses 29 through 35 that's proverbs 23 verses 29 through 35 the bible says who hath woe who hath sorrow who hath contentions who hath babbling who hath wounds without cause who hath redness of eyes yeah that that's yeah. not that's not a person that's been drinking oh, of course yeah. it is you know and and all those things about uh, babbling and and wounds you know they get hurt they fall down um, verse 30 they that tarry long at the wine they that go to seek seek mixed wine 31 look not thou upon the wine when it is red when it giveth his color in the cup when it moveth itself aright at the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder thine eyes shall behold strange women there's some you know immorality there and thine heart shall utter perverse things Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beat me, and I felt it not. But the sad thing is, when shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Yeah. You know? So you've got a lot of things in that verse. You've got violence, oh, yeah. you've got addiction, you've got immorality, you've got, you've got nothing positive there at yeah. all about One thing that I, that points out to me a lot is just, it says here, it says, don't, it says tells not even to look at it. Not mm-hmm. not even to 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 look at it. He said, "Why? Because it's like a snake. Right. Oh yeah, it, it can bite you. It can deceive you. Uh, you know, I think of of, of how how it brings uh, it brings suffering. We talk about all the statistics and how the suffering that it brings, uh, it also brings shame. You know, people do do some horrible things. You know, leads to gross immortality. You know, uh, it, it it breaks down people's standards and they commit sins that they would have never committed. You mm-hmm. know, dishonesty and." And uh, cheating on their wives and husbands, you know, just because of that, you know, it could take a, a woman that that is proper and acts like a, like a Christian lady, and she drink gets on that bottle. All of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. you'll hear filth come out her mouth. You'll know, act and act in ways that you wouldn't expect her to act. And you know what I know? Some people are thinking right now. They're thinking, well, that's them. You know what I mean? It yeah. says that's those are people that are drinking too much. I know I can handle it. I know that that I'm going to be okay. Yeah. What do you say to those people? Well, the Bible says they're not wise. You know, it mm-hmm. says that if they think if they think they can handle it, you know, uh, we read in Proverbs twenty one: wine is a mocker, a strong drink, and whosoever deceived thereby is not wise. That uh, you you can't expect to to just hold a bottle in your in your hand and think that you'll get away with it. Uh, you don't know. You know, and, you don't know what. And you what can't even look at it. Yeah, <laughs> you're not even supposed to look at it. So. <laughs> Like you said, we're saying we were talking before we got started here. You know, we can do put a blindfold on and drink yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so why take the chance? Well, what 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 about the time you can't you don't control it? You know, maybe you're you're um, going through a tough spot in your life and and you find yourself drinking and you drink too much and and boom. You know, yeah. it just takes that one time and then you're off into well, sin. I, I thought about that. I, I thought about you know. 
say, you know, if, if I was a person that I just drank it, you know, on occasion for a, a celebration, you know, we just, you know, t- took a toast or something like that. And, and so I had it stored in my house or something like that. How much would easier would it be if I got depressed or if my marriage was going rough or something happened bad in my family to just walk over and grab that bottle out of my fridge or, you know, behind or wherever in a cabinet and just say, well, you know, how much easier? Because I've already drank a little bit socially, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be so much easier to bring. And I think that's where it comes in where it's where it will deceive you. You know, it's, it's no big deal at first, just one mm-hmm. or two drinks. But uh, how much easier would it be? But but for someone that that doesn't go near it. You know, that doesn't feel comfortable going to the store, buying it, that doesn't, that doesn't want anyone else to, you know, see them. I mean, they're worried about their reputation and what people think about them. So they're going to uh, totally abstain from it, stay away from it, because they know, hey, this can be, it can be, it may not be a problem for me right now, but maybe in the future. It you could know. be. And, and, and as you said, those people that don't want anybody else to see them drinking because they're worried about their reputation. Yeah. Well, if there's nothing wrong with it, what are you worried about? Yeah. You know? The, the Christian that I was talking to you about, he said he knows a pastor that uh, drinks, but he won't drink out in public. He will only have wine at home. So like he said, if you go to his house, you might open his refrigerator and see a bottle of wine in his refrigerator. But that's because he doesn't want to be a stumbling block for anyone else. He just wants to drink it at home. And that's why I said to him, I said, well, isn't it funny then that, you know, if it's something you can't do in public and be proud of, proud's not the right word. Yeah. And um but if it's something you can't do in public yeah. and uh you know not feel bad about then how do you how do you think you can do that at home you you're still being seen. Yeah, I had a, I had a pastor ask me one time, you know, I you'll go into him with a question. I'll say, "Hey, is this wrong that I do this?" and he's and he would usually say this, you'd say, "Well, if you, if you if you have to ask, he said usually it's not right, you know, if you're worried about what other people might think or uh it's 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 a good sign that it's probably not right uh, the reason i they didn't use the word proud is because when matt and i were at uh, lockport last weekend visiting my parents because yeah. my mom had been sick and we stopped by to see how they're doing and we went to church at lockport pastor strobel was doing a lesson and one of the things he talked about was pride he goes did you notice that pride is never used in a good sense in, yeah. the, in the bible and uh, he said, so he doesn't even use the word. He says, I'd rather say I was well-pleased with someone than proud of them. Yeah, I actually yeah. heard a preacher preach a sermon one time, and he talked about that. And he said, uh, he said, you know, people say, well, I'm proud to be an American. You know, we we could think that as a good mm-hmm. thing. But he said, no, you're, you're grateful to be an American. Uh, I mean, I never really thought too much about that. I, I don't want to get too far yeah, off of our... Got off on a <laughs> rabbit trail there. Okay. So anyway, there's, there's plenty of scripture verses that... That, uh, you know, obviously, if you compare Scripture with Scripture, you're going to see that that uh, that wine, and, and we didn't actually talk about this, maybe we should mention it now, that the wine in the uh, reference in the Bible is not always, you know, distinguished like we do, we speak about it today in America, yeah. that uh, there's alcohol, and then when we, when we think of, when somebody says the word wine to you, you automatically think, oh, that's alcohol, yeah. but Back in Bible times, it wasn't so. I mean, they didn't have a way to take the alcohol out of the out of the grape juice, um, so um, it would naturally ferment, you know, as it as it uh, got older. So, like, we can go to the store today. I can get Welch's grape juice, yeah. which I do, especially after doing some more of this study, <laughs> seeing all the benefits of grape juice, which we'll talk about too. But so you have. Christians that look at the Bible and, and, and lost people that look at the Bible and they, you know, 
lump it all together. But the Bible's pretty pretty plain and clear that you, you know, we we talked about this. You'll have to look at the context of of wine to really sometimes get the uh, the true meaning of whether it's talking about alcohol or whether it's talking about grape juice or which is called yeah. Wine. It's it's actually very clear if you look. You know if you're if you're reading your Bible and trying to find out. Hey, what's this? What's this talking about? Is this talking about grape juice, or is it talking about uh, about wine and and uh, you know about al- alcoholic wine? And uh, I mean, just look at if you look at some of the verses. Uh, we we've, we've already read most of them here in in, uh, in Proverbs twenty three, uh, verse thirty. Hey, do we have that? I can look it up, of course. While you're doing that. Uh like new wine is is defined it's being found in the cluster in Isaiah 65 verse 8 it says thus saith the lord as the new wine is found in the cluster and one saith destroy it not for a blessing is in it so well i do for my servant's sake that i may not destroy them all so there's a difference between new wine which is found in the cluster the cluster of the grapes and then the older wine which is the fermented wine which is the alcohol content yeah yeah, well, in in uh, in Proverbs twenty three, uh, thirty, I know we've read this uh, at least once. Is they that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, uh, look not thou upon the wine when it is red and when it giveth his color in the cup, uh, when it moveth itself aright. We we find here that obviously uh, this is it's it's a you know uh, not not a good thing. You know, it's not talking mm-hmm. about grape about grape juice, but it's talking right. about here alcoholic wine. You get that right from the context. Yeah, um, scripture warns us against against wine and, and alcohol. I'm um, kind of getting getting past myself here, but um, it, 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 uh, Proverbs thirty one in Proverbs thirty one in verse four and five, is that it is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes, uh, strong princes, strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment. Any of the afflicted, uh, we find that hey, if kings if they get drunk, they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna keep the law. They're gonna do wrong things. And and by saying this, I know we're not getting into this yet. But did Jesus drink? Uh, here it says not for kings. Who is Jesus? He's the King of Kings. Amen. You know, he's he's the Prince of Peace. That you look at here, this is who Christ is. Uh, that if anyone, you know, he's he's not one that's going to break the law, but he's going to fulfill the law. And we are going to get to the thing about Jesus turning the water into wine, but I think all of these verses in themselves kind of lay the groundwork for some of that conversation that we'll have concerning, you know, yeah. Jesus and, and turning the water into wine. Well, to, to sum up the context, really, I mean, I, I could go through every time it talks about wine, but really, if you, anytime you come across, you know, wine, really just look at the context, you know, you, quickly you'll find out what it's referring to. Uh, what kind of wine? You know, obviously mm-hmm. grape juice isn't going to deceive someone. You know, they're not going to go off and make a crazy decision because they drank some Welches. And, uh, and when the Jews were wandering in the wilderness, Deuteronomy 29, uh, verse 5 says, And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old, which is pretty amazing on itself, Yeah, uh, upon you. And thy shoe is not waxen old upon thy foot. Uh, verse 6, you have not eaten bread, neither have you drunk wine or strong drink, that you might know that I am the Lord your God. So, I mean, again, there the, you have the Jews in the, wandering in the wilderness. They're not, they're not, they're not uh, having keg parties and, no. and putting it away. No, and that showed that they were, they were God's children. Amen. 
Well, you want to you want to take a look at the uh, verses on on Jesus turning the water into wine? Yeah, actually, is... I've, I've been waiting to get to that. That's that's one of the uh, you know I've I've actually learned some stuff just studying out that uh, just recently. Some things I never really thought about. All right, you're going to find that if you turn to the book of John, chapter two. That's the book of John, chapter two, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We'll we'll go ahead and read that. And uh, I'm going to start in chapter 2, verse 3, and it says, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Uh, This is at a wedding. Uh, Verse 4, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, And saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. And every lost person that wants to talk about being able to drink in the Bible always refers to these passages and says, Hey, there it is. Jesus turned the water into wine. So obviously he condoned alcohol and drinking. Yeah. Well, there's there's several. So I don't really even know where to start. There's several uh, proofs of that one thing that that I often people say is say, well, this has to be alcohol because first of all, they're at a wedding; it's a celebration, and it, and it says here that most bring out the the good wine first, and people are well drunk. You know, people are drunk, uh, then they bring out the wine that's you know not as good that because the people are so drunk they can't tell uh, mm-hmm. the difference; they don't really know. Uh, but as I thought about this and, and looked at this, really, it's it's really the opposite, you know. So you see, if if people were were well drunk, if they've already they ran out of wine, that means they already drank all this wine. He's saying, uh, then how would they really know the difference that now the good wine's coming out? Right. You know, I mean, this is showing that hey, if you they're know, all hammered, yeah. Now now the good alcohol, no, it's it's he's, they can taste the difference. They they understand. They they can they can taste it clear, and they say, wow, this he's bringing out the good stuff now, and uh, you know. And then another thing that that I that I looked at in in verse he he just fell short of the one verse said this beginning of miracles did Jesus in in Cana of Galilee uh, and manifested forth his glory his disciples believed on him uh, do you think he's gonna be able to give God the glory and show who he is by making drunk people drunker you know <laughs> by by him throwing a big keg a keg party saying hey you know guys I got the good wine now everyone's you know drunk because he brought out better wine later. Uh, that's not going to increase a disciple's faith. That's not, that's you right. know, they probably would wake up with hangovers, not knowing what happened the night before. They would say, hey, that wasn't a miracle. We were just drunk. Because <laughs> yeah, they got all the people yeah. at the wedding hammered. And and if you look at how much water that he actually turned into wine, um, if you look at that verse, those verses closely, Jesus turned about 108 gallons of water into into wine. Does it seem like something that he's going to do if it's going to be alcohol? So yeah. would he create 108 gallons of alcohol? So a firkin, which is talked about, is about that's about nine gallons. So if a firkin is nine gallons and each pot contained at least two firkins, which is what it says there, 
Um, so if each pot contains, all right, if each pot contains at least two firkins, that would make 18 gallons to the pot, right? And it says there were six pots. Now, if you multiply the 18 gallons by six, you have 108 gallons. So are you telling me that Jesus Christ, King of King, Lord of Lords, sinless <laughs> man, right? yeah. yet God in the flesh, yeah. brings out 108 gallons of fermented hooch <laughs> to these people that have supposedly already been yeah. drinking and to, to hammer them and put them under the table? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, well, as we read about what alcohol does, it causes suffering, it causes shame. And we, re- we read the statistics and we looked at those. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, and putteth thy bottle to him. Uh, here, That's Jesus... That's Habakkuk, right? Oh, uh, yeah, what did I say there? Hebrews. Oh, uh, yeah, Habakkuk 2.15, where it's, it's, uh, it's the woes, the five woes up, upon them here, the Babylon that... Here he's he's explaining to them, you know, you think Jesus, you know, I, I think he knew the word. He was the word. He was a living right. word. He knew the written word. Mm-hmm. And the written word says that, hey, woe unto them, that, that brings judgment. You know, Jesus knew the Bible. He came to fulfill the law, not, not to break the law. Mm-hmm. And back up to the point, you know, about how you, they you talked about now, Jesus made wine that was really good. It was better than even the wine that, that yeah. came before. You know, we talked about how they didn't have a process for taking out the alcohol content out of out of uh, grape juice like we have today. Um, so the older the wine, the more alcoholic it was and the more sour it tasted. So the sweetest wine was the new one fermented, the, yeah. the fresh grape juice. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't see Jesus uh, sinning. Yeah, and. Well, and we in Leviticus in chapter ten, verse nine through eleven, we find that uh, that the the priests of God that they're commanded. It says, "Do not drink wine nor strong drink." Uh, here we find that Jesus, he's the he's the high priest. Amen. You know uh, that that here that Jesus would not he would not do that. Here he's com- commanding the the priests of God not to not to do that. And. First Corinthians six nineteen and twenty says, "What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." Does drinking fermented hooch really glorify God? Yeah, no, it, it does. In fact, the Bible said, and if you look at the at the verses right before that, Corinthians what six nineteen? You read nineteen too? I did. Are are the maybe eighteen? The verse before it's it's talking about sexual sins and things like mm-hmm. that of that nature. That uh, a lot of times alcohol is related, right? With with those those type of sins. I just don't how, uh, especially a Christian in a clear conscience, could say I'm I'm going to drink unto the Lord. Yeah, you know I'm I'm having this beer for you, Jesus. Yeah. How how do you? <laughs> I don't know how you play like that. How do you, how do you how do you? Yeah, we we read the verse in Proverbs twenty one where it says that uh, that they hear that wine is is a mocker. It's also it says a deceiver. Uh, you know, here's another reason why Jesus didn't turn water into wine because uh, Jesus is going to put that before someone. First of all, because you know the, the the law tells him not to do that. But besides that, uh, he didn't come to to deceive people. He didn't come to mock people. Uh, by doing that, you know, you're you're. You know what you say? One hundred and seven gallons. One hundred eight uh, gallons. One hundred eight gallons of alcohol. He's not. He's not putting that before people so that they can stumble. Uh, in fact, he came. Uh, he came to to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, we find over in Isaiah chapter five, uh, in verse eleven through fourteen, it tells that here alcohol uh, that it actually enlarges hell. 
Mm, yeah, that's a good, that was a good verse. Yeah. That's a good one to look up. Yeah, it is. Oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well. We'll trust you to look that up on your own. It'll be on the show notes, too. You can, take, you can take a look at it, too. Um, Christ didn't come to cast a stumbling block before anyone. You know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, he didn't come to, to be able to cause people to stumble. I mean, that's, that's another reason we find in the, in the word of God. Uh, we find, I mean, there's so many, I, we could probably go on and just think of, of more things. But one thing I know that God didn't, he didn't give glory to God to, uh, to make drunk people drunker. You know, I don't know. I think if you look at that, if you look at these, this, this verse, these verses and you want to drink, you know, you want to justify your sin, uh, then, then maybe you might be able to try and do it, but, uh, you're not going to by say that Jesus drank wine mm-hmm. or gave it to anyone else. To yeah, drink. exactly. All right. So let's say you're good up till then. Okay. So, uh, maybe you've convinced me on the, uh, you know, Jesus, maybe it was an alcoholic wine. Um, but what about the people that say, um, how many people go to a wedding and drink grape juice for at the reception? Well, when I go to a wedding, uh, if there was grape juice there, I would drink it. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I th- again, I think that people automatically assume they they put the 20th century spin on that. Yeah, you know, they they picture the drunken receptions and people yeah. getting plowed and hammered. And, and automatically put it there. But again, p- comparing scripture with scripture, I don't think there's any way that, that Jesus was involved in, in giving all those people 108 gallons of fermented hooch. Yeah. All right. Well, how, what about this one? What about the verse, Pastor Matt, in the Bible that talks about the medicinal use of wine? Huh? You remember that one? Over in First Timothy? Yeah. First Timothy uh, 5.23. Well, I was looking at that, and you know what? I, I just just recently, I always thought of that. Well, you know, that's just referring to, uh, to like a Nyquil or something like that, like a medicine. And and you know what? I I I've always thought that, and really, uh, I don't have a problem. With, let me read with that, that one. First Timothy five twenty three. It says, "Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities." Yeah. So is is he saying you know, your stomach bothers you? <laughs> drink some alcohol yeah he's saying don't don't drink water and then and, and you know i usually when you're sick it's usually a good thing to to keep hydrated right you know that's usually a good thing unless unless in that time you know there was the the water was impure there was something wrong the water was causing people to become uh become sick mm-hmm. he was saying then he was saying drink wine now uh if you have a stomach problem i mean i'm not a doctor i think uh dr eric over here, he, <laughs> he he might know more about that but uh but in fact, he looked up, did some research. He uh, did. If if you're if you have a stomach problem, you know, turns out grape juice is a good thing to have. Yeah, it's a good thing to take. Yeah, and wine is is really condemned. I mean, right. if you have something wrong with your stomach, you know, you're not grabbing for a bottle of alcohol. You're uh, not having a Bud Light. No, to help your stomach. No, I mean, how many times you read on on the, on the bottom of a pill? You know, it's saying don't drink this with alcohol. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got a problem with your stomach. Uh, alcohol is not the not the it's not the first treatment. Yeah. It's not the best thing to drink, but evidently, you know, we find some some great benefits of of grape juice, you know, for the body. Right, and uh, and I just took about ten minutes, plugged into Google on the computer, and just uh, wanted to see what would come up if there were any benefits for grape juice, especially for your stomach. 
And this is from Infopedia. This says, quote, uh, let's see, grape juice is good for you. Some fruits, such as grapes, raspberries, and strawberries, possess, possess naturally occurring phenols and tannins that will inactivate viruses. The latest investigations demonstrate that the grape is also able to kill a variety of viruses, including those which cause stomach upsets. And if you if you go buy Lee even Welch's grape juice today in the grocery store, you'll see it contains yeah. antioxidants and and uh, there's all kinds of things. Um, another article says that when the first person in your family comes down with the stomach flu, everyone else in the family start drinking grape juice three times a day apparently this changes the level of acidity in your digestive tract into one that is not conducive to the stomach flu viruses since a mother of 10 taught me this many years ago i've never had a stomach bug spread through my family not once so you know you've there's and there's a we could go again another half an hour on on uh, the benefits of grape juice for your stomach yeah once again you find that the bible's uh far above science and health and ahead of the uh, and I'm trying to figure out why you gave me some water instead of grape juice for this show. Because <laughs> so, it says here, it says don't drink water. He says no well, longer drink water. Do you have water. a bad stomach? Uh, I might. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't know. You didn't say you did, so yeah. I figured you could drink a little water. All right. All right. That's all right. And I don't have any grape juice at the moment, but I'm going to buy some tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and I hope you guys will too. Amen. We should get stock in that. Yeah, we should. No, that's probably not a Christian thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's next week. All right, so so are you are we saying that everywhere in the Bible it says don't drink alcohol? Well, actually, oh, I, so I now across. you're saying it is okay to drink alcohol. Oh, well, there's there is one condition, one condition, and and uh, you know, I mean, I I've actually never heard anyone try to bring this up. You know, probably you know, and, is this and, heresy you're trying to give us? Then? No, we do we do have one thing, and. Uh, in fact, over in Proverbs chapter thirty-one, Proverbs thirty-one. I'm gonna I'm gonna look there. That's you heard it here first, folks. On that's in the Bible. Pastor Matt, he's uh, Tri City Baptist Church in uh, Vestal, New York. I'll actually recommend my my congregation that this is the one condition that they can drink right here in chapter Proverbs thirty-one in verse six. It says, give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. Him that is ready to perish. Uh, that's that's who it's for. It's for someone that's ready to perish. Someone that is ready to die. And, and what would that be? That would be because uh, it's uh, it's like a painkiller, anesthetic mm-hmm. at the, in that day. That they didn't have mm-hmm. the kind of medicine that we have. And obviously... You know, that person, if they're deceived or if they're going to, you know, do something drastic, you know, they're about to die. You know, they, they don't have really any choice. Uh, in fact, uh, Brother Eric was talking about the in the old Western days, you know. Right. Remember those old Western movies <laughs> where, they, they, you know, the guy gets shot and they're going to, like, perform surgery. and the guy, Yeah, they're going to cut off his leg or something. Right, or they're going to take the bullet out with a knife and uh, the doc comes in and he brings a bottle of whiskey or something and he tells the guy yeah. to have a slug of this before he cuts now, it off. Now, we're not even justifying this. I'm talking about before the person dies. They're ready to perish. So right. And if you're getting ready to get a doc, go to a doc's appointment. It's not, there's not, no uh, reason for you to stop right. by the store. And, and I would think it wouldn't, there would be no modern medicine available. There would be no anesthetic there would yeah. be no help for you yeah i guess if you live back in biblical times and uh you were dying maybe to somewhat ease your suffering and pain that that first might apply yeah i know we didn't i know you didn't want to plan on covering this 
uh, maybe 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 I shouldn't have, but I was just thinking another thing that people talk about was they talk about uh, uh, when Jesus, you know, uh, right at the Lord's Supper, you know, and and did was did they have wine at the Lord's Supper, and they would say, look, Jesus was drinking then; he drank wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in fact, I mean, I don't want to go too much into it. They just want to throw out maybe two points here. Uh, one that if you read in that place in Scripture, you know, there the both times they talk about it, uh, it's either it's never called wine; even it's either called fruit of the vine or the cup. Right, and we've already looked at those verses to, to show that that's again yeah. grape juice. That's the the grapes yeah. being pressed into the cup or the found the in yeah. the cluster. Uh, another, you know, I'll give I guess two more reasons real quick. Is one is it's is that uh is that wine that we take the grape juice is a picture of the blood of Christ and it's it's not fermented. There's not corruption. There's no in the blood of Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no leaven in that. Uh, and the last one we'll throw that out that uh, that the high priest were commanded not to drink wine before they did the work of, of the high priest, before they went into the Holy of Holies. Uh, Jesus, that that was the night before there, Jesus was to go on the cross uh, and die for our sins to do the work of the high priest. Amen. Um, I know that's that's probably that we mentioned that's a whole nother mm-hmm. another lesson, but I didn't want I don't want someone to say, wait a second, they 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 stayed away from the Lord's Supper. That's a good point. Uh, they just didn't want to leave you any way to get in on that. Okay. Anything we left out? Uh, I don't know. Probably a lot we left there, out. There's probably a lot, but I I hope that it uh, I hope that it kept your attention there, and maybe maybe it might bring up some questions that you might want to ask. All right. Well, let's go ahead and we'll close out the uh, lesson right here, Pastor Matt. Thanks for uh, for joining uh, me with this one. Oh, thank you. It was fun, and uh, I'm going to pick up some some uh, grape juice on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, go back to the guys. All right. Okay, and I want to thank uh, Pastor Matt for stopping by and uh, and doing that uh, episode with me. Um, he was actually planning to be here tonight, but he got hung up on some other things, so he couldn't be here. But what you guys, what you guys think? Any comments? Yeah, that's good. I mean, and especially the whole thing about, um, especially the scriptures, but but even just the facts about one dies every twenty one minutes. I mean, that's just amazing to me to think about. I mean. Uh, since we've been doing this podcast here just tonight, I mean, just to think at least uh, three people have died from an alcohol-related uh, incident. And uh, to me, that's just, uh, that, that's just enough right there to stay, to, you know, to say, hey, stay away from it. You know? but, but one thing that came to my mind was when you guys were going over uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 31, and uh, starting in verse 4, where it talks about, uh, where the Bible says, It is not for kings, O Lamuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. And you know what we are as believers? I mean, we that have been bought with a price, that we've been redeemed by the blood. Look in uh, Revelation chapter 5 and starting in verse 9, it says, For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us, that's us, to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. I was talking about in the millennial kingdom when we're going to rain down on the on the earth uh, with God, and uh, so we're really kings. I mean, we're going to be kings on the earth, and uh, and we're told as kings not to be able, not to be drinking any strong wine, any strong drink. And the New T- Testament talks about uh, five different crowns that we can receive if we serve the Lord. You know, you got the crown of life that we can receive. You got the crown of glory, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown of uh, the incorruptible crown. 
And who are crowns given to? They're given to kings and princes. And it says that kings and princes are not supposed to drink uh, any kind of wine or alcohol. And, uh, you know, of course, in the end, we're going to, well, if you look also in Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Behold, I come quickly, talking about Jesus Christ, hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I mean, he's talking about you can lose your crowns. You know, you can be doing work for the Lord, have a right heart about it, and you can lose your crowns. And I truly believe that if we drink alcohol, we're going to lose a lot of those crowns that we might have, uh, you know, been serving the Lord by just drinking some alcohol because we're commanded not to drink that alcohol. It's a good point, Matt. Good point. Steve, do you have anything else? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we you'd mentioned it before, uh, probably earlier in the podcast, when you you mentioned the fact that uh, our body is is God's. Uh, says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And the one thing that we've already, you know, that you guys have already covered as far as alcohol is concerned is that it causes you to lose control. Yeah. You're not in control when you're under the influence of, of spirits. And, of course, that's what they call it. They call it spirits. And uh, when you're not in control, you're not, you're not glorifying God. There is another spirit that's in control instead of the Holy Spirit of God. And, uh, you, know, you know, the social drinker is always going to give you the, the excuse or at least the rationalization to say that I know when to stop. Uh, I know how to hold it, you know. Uh, you know, all I have to do is drink one or two. But even, even at that, uh, there is still a loss of uh, of awareness, of control, of uh, uh, so forth. And really, I've never really met anybody that really, honestly, could do that because you know it gives you a false assumption, and it comes up faster than what you realize. In other words, the alcohol's really already in you. And doing its job before you notice that it's doing the job. So uh, before you know it, all of a sudden you're you're into your second bottle or whatever, and um, you know <laughs> you're already starting to feel a buzz, yeah. and uh, then you're off to your third or fourth or whatever. I know there are guys that can handle a lot, and there's guys that can't. And uh, you know if you are a brother in the Lord, let's just put put it this way. You're a brother in the Lord, and and you offer someone else in your household someone to, something to drink. Uh, you don't know whether that person can handle it or not. And uh, according to Habakkuk chapter two, we've you've already covered. Uh, Woe unto the man that giveth his neighbor drink and causes them to be drunken. Yeah. Uh, judgment is pronounced, and uh, you know that's that's just not really uh, a good practice. You know, in Romans uh, 13, 14, uh, might even get into 15, uh, where your liberty, you, your liberty, if, and, and I believe you have liberty. Now, I'm going to say this, and probably people will scream and holler. You can drink if you want to drink. I mean, you can do anything you want to do, but it's not expedient. It's not right. It's not proper. But you can still do it. But the, the, the chapter goes on to say that if you cause another to, brother to stumble, uh, you, you're, you're not doing right. You're not doing right by him. You're not doing right by God. And so, uh, you know, it is the higher calling to abstain. 
And, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or anything else that causes you to lose uh, control, uh, you know, it's not a good thing for you to do. Yeah. You know, I, I go down and I preach down at City Mission and Charity Mission, and I run into guys down there that are in, uh, in pretty bad state. Uh, you know, they're, uh, they've been consumed. And they say, well, I'll never get down there. I'll tell you what, those guys that are down there never thought they'd get down there either. And uh, alcohol is, has done a number on them. The drugs have done a number on them. And uh, they've lost home, they've lost family, they've lost uh, jobs, they've lost their dignity, uh, you know, and it just has stripped them of everything that, they, uh, that they've worked for. Yeah. Uh, some of them use it to, to run and hide. Uh, alcohol is the great equalizer, you know, it, it takes troubles and trials and, and removes it far from them. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, being a child of God and uh, having his spirit inside of us, uh, that's not where we're supposed to go. We're not supposed to run and hide. Uh, we're supposed to stand up and face it and allow the, the spirit of God to give us the strength and grace to go through those things. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, man. You know, the other thing, too, that always struck me, which was pretty interesting, and I truly believe that there is some kind of connection and uh, I'm sure it's in the Bible somewhere. Maybe somebody's done a study on it before. But, but uh, you know, you, you, there's always, I believe, something connected between spirits, demon spirits, and alcohol, uh, you know, being drunk. Because you always look in the Bible and you see these these people that are possessed with demons, with devils, and you see them kind of almost acting like they're drunk. I mean, they're stumbling into the fire. They're stumbling in the water. Uh, you know, they're just being crazy. They're, they're out of control, you know, and, and that's a lot what happens when, when people are drunk. I mean, they're just out of control. They're stumbling around. And you look at what those, um, which I thought was pretty interesting, driving by all the time now. This is all I think about when I see these stores uh, called uh, Wine and Spirits. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's something uh, to me that is connected with Wine and Spirits. And a little bit like what Steve was talking about, you're leaving yourself almost kind of open. Uh, you know, it, I, truly, I believe that that you're leaving yourself open as a Christian or even unsaved person when you drink that, that your guard is down and you could allow uh, uh, demon spirits to enter in. Let me let me throw well, this. Uh, you want to respond to that, Steve? Well, just the verse that uh, that's already been mentioned uh, says, "Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit." That's making that connection, man. Yeah, yeah, it man. Is. That's that's true. That's good. Let me throw this out because it it, um, it, it was brought up um, in the in the episode that we just did, and and I've actually other people have brought this up to me, and they say, well, you know, if you're at a wedding, how many people are serving grape juice at a wedding? What's what what do you think about that? Uh, well, <laughs> any wedding that I've ever been to. Uh, you know, as a lost person, it was always alcohol involved, and I've been invited to some weddings where alcohol was served, and and I've never seen anybody offer offer grape juice at a at a wedding, at least not to my experience anyway. So, do you believe that the uh, wedding that uh, Jesus uh, turned the water into wine was were they drinking alcohol? Well, I mean. You know, you're dealing with a different culture, and you're dealing with a different time. I think, you know, as as you've already gone through a lot of the uh, the scriptures there, 
Uh, you know, there's a good connotation uh, for the word wine, where there's a blessing connected to it. And, of course, that's talking about the fruit of the vine. And then you have wine, the word which has a bad connotation to it, which is always connected with alcohol and drunkenness and, and uh, uh, you know, just being out of control and loss of control. Um, you know, it doesn't say that they were drunken, uh, those at the marriage feast. It says after they had well drunk, uh, which was the past, tre- past tense of drank or, or drink. And, you know, it, it's not that they were out there, you know, sloshing it around and all of a sudden, you know, Jesus Christ comes out and gives them better stuff. I believe from the context of that, I believe that Jesus Christ, you know, their custom would be to bring out the grape juice. And that was the good stuff. And after the taste buds have been kind of dulled by the grapes, then they brought out the worst stuff, which is the stuff that is now starting to ferment. And, uh, you know, then they would offer that as the as the night went on. Now, the master of the ceremony or, or the master of the feast, they're, you know, recognize the fact that, that uh, when they have brought the 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 stuff that Jesus had made, that he brought out the good stuff. Now, the good stuff would be the, the, the pure stuff, the pure blood of the grape. Uh, so th- that's the my stuff take. That I don't hadn't know if fermented I got that. yet, right? Right, absolutely. It was pure. Uh, and, and, you know, well, there's a lot of things we can go into. I mean, you know, you take a look at the first... Oh, that now I won't get into it. <laughs> I know you're going to get into it. <laughs> that's, that's too big of a bunny trail, and it'll leave people. That'd like, be a good lesson, what though. What in the world are you talking? About? Hey, Steve, there's your next lesson right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah amen. Hey, Matt, do you have anything else, Dad? I was gonna. I was thinking about going to that too, but I won't go. Yeah, that. let's let's hold off on that. <laughs> All right, and one last thing about related to to wine and alcohol. I had a fellow at church that. He, um, he, he's pretty nitpicky about, uh, you know, he's, well, anyway, I'll just leave it at that. What he says is that there's nothing in the Bible that says Jesus didn't drink. As a matter of fact, it says that, uh, you know, he was a, um, friend of, uh, you know, glutton and wine bibbers. And, but I also said, they also said he had a devil too. I mean, you you can't take what, what the other people what well, the, that was the accusation that they made. Right. That doesn't mean that it's true. So, But he says, well, what about 1 Timothy 3, the qualifications for a deacon, chapter 12, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 12, where it says, let the deacons be the husbands of, um, well, that's not the verse I wanted. Where's the verse I want? Not given to much wine. Yeah, it's um, verse 8. <laughs> Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine. So what he says there as well, if they're not given to much wine, that means they can have a little wine. Social drinking. You know, I don't know how to answer the fellow that, that you know, or anyone, because he's not the first one that's ever brought that up. Every, uh, every uh, alcoholic in uh, City Mission <laughs> knows exactly where that verse is, all those verses that, that seem to give a license to drink. Uh, you know, with all the warnings that are given, uh, you know, the only explanation that I can give would be the fact that, it, again, it was hard to, to uh, um, you know, with the season that they had for the grapes and, uh, you know, uh, 
when they bottled it and of course the fermentation process that takes place uh you know as if any of you've ever had apple cider in your in your refrigerator and and all of a sudden uh you know you go back to it a, a week or two later and all of a sudden it's got a little bit of bite to it uh you know where it's already started to turn uh you know you you might be safe in drinking that because it hasn't turned completely but you know the warning is is not to give into that mm-hmm. not to drink much of that mm-hmm. and of course for the preacher he's saying uh, don't even do it at all mm-hmm. uh, because you you can't risk that right. um because his position is is more important i say more important I think you understand what I mean right. by that when I say right. that. He's got a shepherd uh, I'm not the demeaning flock. The, the deacon, but, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know that that's the only thing I could say. But, see, the people that, that do that, and what I was alluding to before, with all of the verses that have been given of the warnings to stay away, uh, they're, they're going to find one with a, a questionable, eh, maybe, so they can justify the fact that they they can do what they already have predetermined in their mind they want to do. And uh, anyone that has has been out there and and been in that scene and uh, God's delivered them from it, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think they want to go anywhere near it. And uh, Or they've been away from it for so long and the flesh is longing and craving for it and they're looking for some sort of justification to do it again. Um, I think they're playing on dangerous ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe we ought to be teetotalers and stay away from it totally because, uh, as we've already alluded to, it's connected with spirits. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with a wrong spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's best to stay away. I mean, you know, you have some groups of people out there that say they – you know, I'm going to charge hell with a squirt gun, and come on, devil, I'll take you on, and all that. Those are speaking. Those are people who are speaking like fools. Yeah. yeah. You know, my approach is stay as far away from it as you can, and if it comes to your door, you use the power of God instead of your own, and uh, you know, you just stay away from that stuff. That stuff is not good. Amen. And if it comes to find you, then then you use God and the Word of God, and you don't even try to do it in your own power. And the same thing with alcohol and anything else that is a vice to put you under control. Uh, I, I don't mean to control here, but, or dominate here again, but there's an old Japanese proverb. It says, man take drink, drink take drink, drink take man. And if you don't understand what that means, pray about it a little bit, and maybe the Lord should give you a little bit of light on that. Amen. You know, I've also heard it explained uh, that where it says not given to much wine. Well, what what do you call someone that's given to much wine? You know, you call yeah, you call him a drunkard. So that's what he's saying there. It doesn't mean you can have a little. He's saying you you shouldn't have a drunkard. You know, being a deacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. And you know, and if you really go fine point it, you know, not greeting of not greedy of filthy lucre. Well, the clean lucre is okay, but the filthy, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you can you can split hairs all you want to try and right. justify what it is that you want to do. The bottom line is they want to justify what they want to do. And and, and again, taken in totality, comparing scripture with scripture, I, I don't see how you can justify it. 
And, you know, it it goes back to the whole thing. You could rest the scriptures to your own destruction. I mean, you know, if, if, like Steve said, you're trying to justify what you're, you know, what you want to do, maybe you're, you know, uh, or you're just doing it just to, I don't know, cause issues. I don't know, to bring those verses. But but the whole thing is, is that, you know, uh, again, your heart has to be right with the Lord. If if you're looking to find that, the Jehovah's Witnesses can, and the Mormons and the Catholics will find some verses, you know, to, to and take out of context to try and uh, justify what they believe in. You know, there's there's no difference between that. But like like you said, Eric, you have to take all the scriptures in account, comparing mm-hmm. spiritual with spiritual. And and you, you, I hope you know everybody's seen that there's there's just no way that that you should even come close to uh, any alcohol. Amen. Amen. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. But Steve, uh, you wanted to mention one other thing relating back to another podcast that we did. Yeah, well, last I believe it was the last podcast we did a uh, the quote of the day about uh, <laughs> Paul McCartney uh, uh, wanting everybody not to eat meat so that uh, the, the gaseous fumes put out by animals would. Uh, <laughs> I like this because it gives me a chance to use more sound effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those gaseous fumes wouldn't uh, uh, destroy the uh, the uh, the ozone, and, and we wouldn't have the you know the greenhouse gases and so forth. Well, lo and behold, a day or two after that, I ran across an article of a of a couple uh, that was farming dairy farming, I believe, up in uh, New Hampshire, and uh, the whole article was dedicated to the fact that they were feeding their animals, uh, their cows. Uh, a, a mixture of of feed that would reduce the amount of uh, flatulent uh, material, <laughs> so that they would produce less methane, and uh, obviously not put that uh, methane into the air, and therefore, uh, you know, not produce or not uh, produce the greenhouse gases and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought. You've got to be kidding me. This is, this is yeah. utterly ridiculous. You know, the extent that people are going to to try to protect an environment that they're not going to be able to destroy on their own. The only one that's going to destroy it, according to the Word of God, is God himself. Yeah. He's going to destroy it with uh, fervent heat. Uh, maybe he'll just light off all that methane that's in the gas. <laughs> in the gas just torch it, you know, or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I just thought that was interesting that that article came up uh, following our podcast. So I thought that'd bring that to our folks' attention. <laughs> All right. And who, who's up next for the next one? Well, I'm probably up, but I haven't decided what we're going to do yet. So All right. We'll, so we'll keep, we'll it a, keep it a surprise. Yeah, amen. Look forward to that. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for joining us. You guys have a good week, and uh, we'll see everybody next time, Lord Will. Take care, guys. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast.